Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Following the latest storm, CAL FIRE crews are working to remove snow from hard-hit mountain areas in the state. Brian Ferguson is with California's Office of Emergency Services. He says the Department of Water Resources is also stationing staff in areas that may flood, like Monterey, Tulare, Kings, and Kern counties. We do anticipate that we'll continue to see the water rise in many parts of our state even as the rain goes away. Our snowback in many cases is 300 percent of normal. And as the sun comes out, we will continue to see impacts throughout the spring. Ferguson says Caltrans has more than 3,500 state personnel working throughout the night to keep the roads open. Local assistance centers have also opened in places like San Bernardino and Monterey. As snow falls again on the San Bernardino Mountains, some residents are still struggling. LAS reporter Jill Replegol has more. Thomas McKenzie's home in the tiny community of Twin Peaks was yellow-tagged after his roof cracked under the weight of the record-setting snow last month. McKenzie suffered a stroke a few years ago and has difficulty with brain function and movement. Last weekend, McKenzie took a bus to a county pop-up event in Crestline, intended to be a one-stop shop for disaster assistance and information. But he left feeling no closer to figuring out how to get his roof fixed and how to pay for it. The county handles building permits through a website, and McKenzie has no computer and no internet skills. It's like a carnival ride here. And I talked to other people with far more resources and tech-savvy who are also finding the process daunting. As for money people need for repairs, Governor Newsom has requested a major disaster declaration from the federal government. That would unlock additional resources in nine counties, but San Bernardino isn't yet included in that list. That's LAist reporter Jill Replegol. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A group of hunger strikers at two California immigration detention centers say they're pausing their protest after what they call violent tactics by ICE officials. KQED's senior immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports. 
The 35-day hunger strike began in mid-February, with dozens of men at the Mesa Verde and Golden State Annex facilities protesting substandard conditions. In mid-March, ICE forcibly transferred several men to a facility in El Paso and warned if they didn't resume eating, they could be force-fed, a practice the UN calls cruel and inhuman. ICE has declined to comment, citing a lawsuit by the hunger strikers, but told lawyers for the men that the transfers were to provide a higher level of medical care. Instead, advocates say, the men were further mistreated. The hunger strikers are now back in California and are calling on Congress to investigate conditions in detention. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, they continue their series, Mixed, Stories of Mixed-Race Californians, with a conversation with Professor Reginald Daniel. He taught the nation's longest-running course on mixed-race studies at UC Santa Barbara. Host Sasha Coca has more. Reginald, or Reg Daniel, grew up in the South at a time when there was still a lot of segregation. His whole family identified as Black, but he looked at his skin tone and his ancestry. Some of his great-grandparents were white, and he decided he felt more comfortable claiming a mixed-race identity. So there was a sense, I think, a shame about that, uh, that ancestry and the privileges that often come uh, at that time, particularly among African-Americans about being lighter skinned. So there was a great deal of silence about it. But for me, I was just looking at the world around me and saw a lot of things that nobody wanted to talk about. I was an outlier uh, throughout my entire life to identify as mixed, and my family was not happy about it. Daniel's stance challenged the one-drop rule, a concept rooted in slavery that basically said if you have any Black ancestry, you're categorized as Black. And so Daniel got a lot of pushback, not only from his family, but from the broader Black community. They feel it's a sense of betrayal to the Black struggle, but I'm saying, can't you be in the Black struggle and be multiracial too? Is there a problem with that? How, how, why is that a contradiction? But the assumption is that a monoracial identity is the only trajectory to be engaged in the struggles of Black people. Daniel authored and edited numerous books on race. His scholarship examined constructs of race and Blackness not only in the U.S., but in Brazil and other countries. He founded the Journal of Critical Mixed Race Studies. And he was involved early in the multiracial movement through groups like MASC, Multiracial Americans of Southern California. It's just always been very natural for me to think of myself as being an in-betweener or a liminal man that fits, you know, in in the in-between spaces. I have always been a mixed person. I wouldn't know how to think of myself otherwise, and I'm not planning on changing. (laughs) You're asking me not to be myself. How do I do that? Professor Reginald Daniel passed away just weeks after our interview with him. His work influenced generations of scholars and activists to challenge the ways race is socially constructed. For The California Report, I'm Sasha Coca. You can hear Professor Daniel's full conversation with Sasha Coca and Marisa Lagos on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on your public radio station or download the magazine's podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, March 31st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. 
Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation. Accepting nominations now for the 2024 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. stanfordmedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.Dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.